Welcome to the Stand Up Fight Series podcast. I am your host, Chad Mueller. I am also the promoter and owner of the Stand Up Fight Series. And with this first episode, I wanted to do something special. I wanted to have you know my first guest be the guy who's been mentoring me, who's taught me about fight promoting, helped me get started with the point tournaments that we've been hosting all across the Midwest, and is now helping me with the Stand Up Fight Series. His name is Johnny Davis. So Johnny Davis, he was a two-time world champion kickboxer, and he's also the VP of operations for the IKF, that's International Kickboxing Federation. He's hosts tournaments all across the country, and he's a big reason why kickboxing and Muay Thai right now is making a big comeback here in the United States. So without further ado, here is Johnny Davis and me talking about nine-round fights, um, the world championship mentality, and about how you know the growth of kickboxing and Muay Thai is, has been um, incubated by the point kickboxing tournaments that he created over 20 years ago. So I just want to ask, first off, before we get into talking about you know, stand-up fight series and fighting in nine rounds, a world champion mentality, what makes that different than just being a good fighter? Like, what made you a world champion? Hmm. Thanks, Chad, first of all, for having me on the show today. I, I certainly do appreciate it, and I appreciate you being a part of the organization, all the great things you're doing for the sport of Muay Thai and kickboxing out there in the Missouri and Illinois area. World champion mindset. That's going to go a little deep, Chad. You know I go a little deep oh, when yeah, I talk that's now. What we want. That's what we want. Okay, so I keep it real here. A world champion mentality is beyond the ring, right? It is about who you are as an individual. Uh, what do you think of yourself first? That, that's a big part of it. Who are you as a person, right? And do you try to live by a certain standard and a certain code uh, that will make you a world champion human being? Those codes are, you know, clean living, for example, treating people with respect, you know, uh, you know, living by, uh, you know, um, uh, your word, keeping your word, uh, things like that. That is is creating a, a world champion mentality just from a, being a great human being. It's hard for a lot of people to get there. That's why we have so many issues in this society today. Getting in the ring, though, is a whole nother story, you know? Uh, the work, the discipline, and all the things that it takes to become a world champion fighter is something totally different. But when you sum it all up, it is about trying to be your very, very best in all aspects of who you are as a human being. And that's from physical, that's from mental, that's from spiritual. All of that really sums up the world champion mentality. And there's a lot of facets in that. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to answer it directly because it's more, more indirectly. But there's a lot of facets to being a world champion in my mindset and where I try to live the certain life that I live and like I said, clean living, being honest, you know, working hard and doing all those things that it takes for me to reach my goal. World champion, that idea is about being at the top. That's the idea when you are a world champion. So then you have to then define what that is that makes you feel that you're at the top. It's not just fighting. It could be in your job. It could be just as a neighbor or whatever the case might be. Whatever defines you or you feel defines you, at least in getting there and then becoming that thing, 
is a world champion mentality. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and something I've seen with a lot of people is they play in their mind that they're the best in the world, mm. but they don't put in the work, the discipline. And, and, and something I tell my fighters is there's three levels of this. They're, you're interested in being a world champion. So that's like you're just like training, you know, doing it, talking about it. Then you're committed to being a world champion. That's something you're doing the work, you're scheduling out your stuff. And then there's you. You're obsessed with being a world champion. You were obsessed when you were training, right? Like that's pretty much all you thought about you did. Can you take us like, like what would be a typical day of training when you were going for your world championships? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh again man i don't know if you have enough time <laughs> for this conversation. first of all i was yeah. a maniac yeah i was crazy about training but that perspective that, that concept comes all the way from when i was a little kid with bruce lee bruce lee you know he trained like he was crazy he trained like a maniac he was all into it and so I, by the time i've gotten to kickboxing i'd already had that mentality about training like I was just like I lost it, right? And so for me, it was like giving it 110%. I would wake up early in the morning, earlier than what I thought my opponent would wake up, by the way. I, that's just a mentality that I had. Hey, he might be waking up at 7. I'm going to get up at 5, right? And I'm going to have my world work in, my road work in before he – it just strengthened my mentality. It just gave me a resolve that says that I'm going to be a little bit better than my opponent. You know, I would work out and you know, I would go do that run and really make a fight out of that run, by the way, different kind of run. A lot of people just run. You got some people that sometimes punch or uh, they sometimes do a little footwork. But my run was completely a fight. That's a whole nother story, right? I mean, I'm moving, I'm stopping every now and then, I'm doing kicks and punches and, you know, just different kinds of stuff. So my run was a little bit different. Later on, I would take a few hours, I would eat, eat some breakfast, then I would go to the gym. Around 12 or 1 o'clock, I would go in that gym. And a lot of people make the mistake of staying and training for about three to four hours, right? You don't need that. I don't care what level you're on. A lot of people think, oh, it's got three hours of training at that one period. You don't need that, right? If you learn how to train like, uh, I say, like a marathon runner concept and break that training down in a couple of hours, Man, you have the best workout, and over a period of time, you're going to be in the best shape. So I would do that. I would spend an hour and a half, two hours in the gym. I would get my work in, and I'll, and pretty much that was it for me because at that time when I was fighting, I would go teach classes and do all the other stuff, and then I just would repeat, repeat, repeat on a daily basis. But people also have to remember to take time off. That is a tough thing for fighters because you feel like every time you're losing something when you're not in the gym and you're training. So you want to make sure that it's not all about like seven days a week of training. You have to give your time, your body time to heal and recoup, you know, making sure you're drinking the right fluids and water and stuff like that. And I'm giving you the long answer, but I'm just trying to say fighting is really a science. It truly is. And you have to understand your body and how all of that works into the training. If you don't understand those two and how they work together, it's going to be very difficult to be successful. Wow. I think um, a lot of people are going to take, you know, some things from that and kind of look at their training and go, man, you know, I'm saying I want to be a world champion, but I'm not doing any of that, (laughs) you know? Uh, Well, 
<clears throat> you can you can say it. That's part of it. Let, let me tell you, when I was a kid, I was 12 years old, and I made that goal to become a world champion. I said it to everybody I met. Hey, one day I'm going to be a world champion. Someday I'm going to be a world champion. I used to write it on all of my papers in my school. I would tell my teachers, Johnny Superfoot Davis, future world champion. They were like, well, what are you talking about? You're crazy. At the same time, though, I was going to the gym. I was working my butt off. Right. I was putting in the work. I was doing things, learning things to being a student of the game. Right. That was making me or uh, uh, getting me a little bit closer to my goals, my dreams and my desires. So it's more than talk. You got to put the talk in. You got to put the walking in. I mean, it's all of the work that makes you a world champion that will eventually make you a world champion. Or even if you don't, most people won't become a world champion. That's the reality. It's only the few of us that are able to set those goals and become that. You got tens of thousands and not millions of people out there thinking world champion, but only a few of them will reach that goal, right? Because they don't have the discipline in some cases. And discipline is huge. It is huge because this is where you break that down. You might be great in the gym. You might be in shape. You might have natural skills in the gym. But when you leave the gym, you're hanging out with certain friends that are doing certain things. They're smoking. They're drinking, you know, they're staying up all night and all of that. If you get caught up into that, right, uh, you're going to then uh, circumvent, if you will. I should say circumvent, that's the wrong word. You're going to hinder, seriously hinder your next day in the gym. If you're at a nightclub and it's got a lot of smoke in it, the next day you're going to be coughing up smoke, right? And all. And so if you go drinking or something the night before the next day in the gym, right, it's going to affect you. If you, you know, sleeping around too much and all that, it's going to affect you the next day in the gym. Hey, I keep it real. So so trying to understand how you merge those things, it's, again, it is a science, and you got to completely understand it. It's not one way, uh, and it just works. You have to combine the total self along with the skills, along with the training aspects, and that's what eventually will get you there. But it's a lot to it, Chad. I mean, again, uh, I was getting ready to say I could write a book. Hey, I did write a book <laughs> on it. And, and, uh, and, but it's very, uh, you know, it's an in-depth kind of thing to actually understand what it takes to become a world champion. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Johnny, for your detailed answer. And, and there's no there, there's no question on why you've been successful now in business is you've taken that world champion mindset for fighting and you switched it to your career in business. And, right. you know, you're changing so many lives, you know, and not just growing the sport, but public people <clears throat> like me and the Hodges and and, you know, do careers that we never thought possible all through, you know, your hard work and, and dedication thank and your you. world champion mindset, which is. Can it be taught? Can a world champion mindset be taught or does it just kind of have to come? Um, I think it can be taught. There's no doubt about that, uh, you know, because everybody has to learn it somehow. Uh, I learned it through my hard work and everything and just study. I'm a student. So I study. I read a lot. Right. I love writing. I love uh, speaking uh, and those type of things. So being a, a, a student, someone who goes in and study and, and Chad, I find you're like that, too. You are shot. Right. You're writing your articles and things that you're putting out there. I'm totally impressed with that. Right. And the bottom line is, is that you're also a student because I'll give you stuff to go and look at and use this. Oh, man, yeah, I'm still reading. I'm still reading. Those are the kind of things that five, 10 years down the road that you're going to be able to call on all of that wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done over the years. So I have probably forgotten more than what a lot of people will ever learn. I'll be honest with you, because 
that is the kind of student that I've been to the game. And I continue to learn and continue to try to improve. But but you have to be a student of this game in order to uh, be able to learn all the things that you need, you know, not only to pass it on to somebody else, but in my uh, current role is to try to keep people safe and keep people out of a liability situation. Absolutely. Now, shifting gears on to July 23rd, Stand Up Fight Series, the first yes. inaugural show. We are doing something a little crazy. We're doing, I don't, I don't think it's crazy. I think no. it's crazy in the sense of we're changing the game of Muay Thai and kickboxing. But we have the first ever nine-round professional Muay Thai fight. And then we also have the first <coughs> ever IKF nine-round fight in the Midwest for kickboxing. It's also going to be a title fight. So kickboxing and Muay Thai have been five rounds for, what, since the 90s? And we've been missing the pageantry of the nine-round fight, the drama, the the, the championship rounds that takes, you know, an average regional fighter who can survive for three to five rounds. And then now we're putting them into a nine rounds. So now we're separating who the real fighters are. Why did kickboxing? Cause if you don't know, kickboxing used to be nine, 12 rounds. Uh, when Johnny was a world champion. It was, you know, 12, <coughs> rounds, you know, title what? fight. So you, you had to be in world champion shape. Why did kickboxing get away from the nine rounds and 12 rounds? Right. Well, it's probably a lot of whys, but a lot of it was a big influx of, of Muay Thai and those who bought Muay Thai, you know, from Thailand, uh, and they were pushing that concept uh, out there. And it became, uh, Muay Thai became kind of dominant, to be honest with you. And all, and so uh, that was part of it. MMA, <clears throat> they were only doing uh, five rounds for the world title fights. And all, and so all the promoters basically essentially just went that direction. They just went that direction, and including sanctioning bodies. And nobody really said anything about it uh, until this little guy came along and said, nope, I think you got it wrong. <laughs> All right? and, and, I, and, I, and I was simply like, you know, I, I analyzed it, and I, and I was looking at ways to grow our sport and how we can get back into the limelight and some of the things that we need to do. As you know, I'm an innovator. You know, you know I'm the one who, uh, you know, willing to dive in and take the chances. And I've done that. Uh, you know, from the PKB to PMT and now with full contact, uh, you know, making those changes there. And, you know, listen, I can have resistance in it. But the idea of it is, is that we all sold our souls uh, to the five round concept without truly understanding how it would hurt us in the long run. And for all of these years, 15, 20 years, whatever, we've only been doing five rounds for kickboxing, Muay Thai or whatever. We have really damaged our sport. And I think that's why we're lagging behind boxing and MMA, right? Because we, whoever, I won't say whoever, but the, the culture, the climate that changed that and we allowed it to change, I think that, that we didn't realize the damage that it was doing to our fighters and to our sport. We took the theater, to your point earlier, out of the fight. In five rounds, I tell you, if you got to be, you can be in decent shape in five rounds and you can beat a better fight. You can be, you don't have to be that great and you can win a fight uh, uh, pretty easy if you're in pretty decent shape or in a five round fight. 
I guarantee you, you start going into seven rounds, nine rounds, and 12 rounds, if all you had was those little bit of skills and maybe some technique to win that five rounds, you got to have that and then some to win the seven and the nine rounds, right? That theater has been missed uh, uh, in our sport. And not only that, uh, from the fan perspective, fans now look at these fights, longer fights, and they look at them in somewhat of a chapter, if you will, chapters in a book. First three rounds, second three rounds, last three rounds, right? if you're talking about a nine-round fight. And each one of those are telling a different kind of story. When a five-round fight, you got first three rounds and a half of an, another chapter, and then it's like stopping right in the middle. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Who won? <laughs> Who really won? Yeah. You know, what if? Like, and so now you have a little bit more of a story. <clears throat> People pay money for that. This is why boxing is not going anywhere. People are going to watch boxing. They're going to pay their money. And when you say nine rounds or 12 rounds, you talk to the average fan, they're going to get excited about it. And something I always tell people, you know, we're talking about the nine-round kickboxing. Right. As I'll say, imagine if Canelo or Floyd Mayweather fought five rounds and that was it. You'd be like, what? That's all, right. that's all I got? It was five rounds? Like, you you want to see them go in those deep rounds and, and, and see the conditioning and see how they adjust the opponent and, and take <coughs> advantage and – you know, make the adjustments to win the fight, you know, and I think if we had five round title fights in boxing, it just, no one would care. No, no. And it also gives the trainer time to consult with the fighter, right? It gives you that time to figure things out and strategize, right? And, and that is the thing that's also being missed, right? If a fighter gets behind in a few rounds, right? You can go and you can tell him, Hey, you know, need to do X, Y, Z and make those adjustments over a nine, even if they're only two minute rounds. The bottom line is it just gives you more time for a, a, a counsel, counseling or consulting with your trainer that can give you a strategy to ultimately win the fight. There's so many things to this nine round thing that I know I already, I'm saying it because I'm confident, Chad, you know I me. Mean? Everyone is going to change back to these rounds eventually. They're going to fight it because it was Johnny Davis saying it. <laughs> They're going to fight it, right? But the bottom line is I know I'm right here. I'm as right as I was about semi-contact Muay Thai and kickboxing. Look where it is today. I'm as right. And those people, some of the same organizations, no, won't work. No, won't work. But it, it has worked. No one can argue that. And, I am and, telling you the same thing about the more rounds in our fight than our sport. Uh, sponsors are going to now get more time. Sponsors are going to have more time on the screen, like in akplive.com for our streaming. They're going to have more time uh, uh, if they're visible inside the ring, whether they're on the mat or on the corner cushions, more people are going to see them, right? More people. It's just so many aspects of this thing of why we need more rounds. It's just not even funny. It doesn't make any sense. It's really sad, really, yep. that we allowed our sport to go in that direction and lost all of this valuable time over the years. I'm just glad that somewhere it hit me that this is one of the things that needs to happen and then had the, the courage to just step out and do it. And I have people who are definitely resistant, resistant to this, especially the, 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 the Muay Thai uh, uh, people, people who are in the Muay Thai who've come from Thailand and have that concept and branded in their head only five rounds, not understanding that culturally the five rounds meant something else in Thailand than it might mean over here. Well, and, uh, those people is going to make it a little bit more difficult for them to make that transition, Chad. Well, some but of those people, I believe eventually, when they see the dollar, and by the way, we are paying more money 
uh, to these fighters as well. And that's another part of it that I think that needs to be added. And, and what's funny is like some of the people are like, oh, you can't change the five rounds. Well, you know, if you go to Thailand now, they're doing three round fights. They're they're pretty much stopping them from clinching um, because they have these entertainment Muay Thai, so like right. Super Champ, um, Thai fights, Mac right. Muay Thai. They essentially break them as soon as they clinch. They're only doing three round fights. Um, so like the top, like they're just trying, they're, they're trying to, you know, claim this is why they don't want the five rounds, but Thailand, where it's originated, you know, they're breaking all their own rules. They're fighting right. in the cage with little gloves. You know, they're essentially, there's right. no clinch in, in one FC. Um, right. You know, some of the people just like the bitch to bitch. And, you yeah. know, and, and whenever, you know, I was at the first ever nine round uh, K1 Unified Rules kickboxing pro fight right. that you hosted. Um, I believe it was like October of 2021. Right. Um, and I was uh, lucky enough to be able to do commentary. So I had the best seat in the house. Yes. And I had headphones on. When you have those headphones on, sometimes you can't hear the crowd. Right. I could, I could feel the energy in that room. Right. You know, the buzz over a nine round fight. It, it was, it gives me chills, like thinking about it, you know, it's yeah. just something so different than I felt like I've been to the Bellator, I've been to right. MMA and like, you know, but having that nine round buzz, you know, there was that, like that, that feeling in the air and, and that's what the sport needs. You know, I right. go to local fights and, and they're great shows, um, but none of the fights really have that feel. And I think on July, actually, I know on July 23rd, right. there's going to be a buzz in that room. That building is going to be sold out we're going to have we have over 1200 uh tickets that we're going to sell um right. you know tickets are going great i know it's going to sell out before the event right and just the atmosphere in that and i'm just so excited for the futures going yes. and just blessed to be teamed up with someone like you who took right. that chance and you know something that hasn't been done in you know 10 12 20 years whatever long it's been right. and to go out there and, and do it and prove that it can be successful and Man, I'm, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, well, I think, I think too, Chad, is that, listen, a lot of people are trying to change other aspects of the game. You know, they, they went to the small gloves, they, uh, they go in a cage, and they do a – we don't need all that change. We don't, the Muay Thai and kickboxing, they're great sports in the way they are. They just need some adjustments, right? But not the – like bare-knuckle fighting. I mean, I'm just not about the, the bare-knuckle fighting. That's just not what I do. They can do – people want to do that, that's fine. I have some level of, of safety in me that I don't feel like people should be punching each other in the face without a, without a glove on. I mean, that's just the way it is, even though I like knockouts. Uh, but there's a way to get it done, if you will. So I believe, though, just some minor changes. Our sport in itself is pretty cool. A lot of fun. Really exciting. We just need to make the changes, I believe, that at least go back to some of the things that we originally had. Because you really remember, you might not remember, back in the old days, I'm a little bit older than you. I mean, we had some serious audiences, uh, uh, you know, watching these fights back in the day. And uh, that's when we were fighting, you know, the 9 and 10 and 12 round fights. And they were phenomenal. I mean, you look at some of the videos. I mean, packed uh -huh. houses. How do we lose that? Yeah, that 10, 12, 18,000 We gave, up the, rounds. We gave yeah. up the entertainment value. And, Tad, you probably heard me do this math before, but I'll go through it again since we're talking about the nine rounds. Why does it make sense? MMA, a pro MMA fight. They do five five-minute rounds. That's 25 minutes of entertainment. Boxing, they do 12 three-minute rounds. You know, that is 36 minutes 
of entertainment, right? And Muay Thai and kickboxing now, other than our shows, they're doing five, three-minute rounds. Do the math. That is 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So when you're talking about bang for the buck, right, you've now dumbed down our sport just like that. We Oh, you're saying our athletes are not good enough to, to fight more more time and the and the, you're saying we're we are not in the condition we're not you know it's just what are you saying when we only fighting we're only fighting 50 why should i pay money as a spectator to watch 15 minutes of entertainment for this particular fight when i know i'm going to go to an mma show and i'm going to see potentially a 25 minute fight you see that's what it comes down to it's dollars and cents Right, you know, and I'll, and when I go to a boxing match, potentially I can watch twelve rounds of fighting as opposed to five rounds. That in itself is telling people that there is some value in the rounds, right? So we need to at least move in that direction. But as I said earlier, we're not asking for more, so much more rounds without trying to not trying to offer more money. We have to offer these guys more money, even though they're not fighting that much longer because they're only two minute rounds. We still need to make sure that we are paying our athletes better because right now they're not making any money. And that is the goal. We have to. Now, when all these things I've said, if spectators now are saying, wow, 12 rounds, nine rounds, right, more people are going to come to the shows. If sponsors are saying, wow, I like this idea so I can have more time, more visible time on the screen. Maybe I should give them a little bit more money now for that. So now you got more money from spectators. You have more money from sponsors. And now you have what? More money to pay the professional fighters. And the end game of this is that pros are going to make more money, right? And our sport is just going to continue to rise. Absolutely. And that's the end game. You know, I have a couple of fighters that, you know, they, they want to do this full time and, and you know, about a year ago, they're like, yeah, we're gonna have to start doing MMA. I go, no, 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 you're not. Me and Johnny Davis are changing that. Right. We are changing the game. We're gonna get yes. you guys paid more, and we're gonna get the sport back to where it was. Absolutely. It starts, uh, you know, started with you and the uh, not the October, the East Coast Classic, and then we're gonna continue with the Santa Fight Series, and I'm sure Walker Vivian or the other promoters will start doing them. Yep. I'm sure you're on the Hodges about, you know, getting some in there. And, yep. and um, so people are about to see an, an explosion of this um, through us, through the IKF. Yes. And, you know, when these guys are getting paid big money, just remember where it started. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, being, being head of IKF right now uh, is, you know, it's an honor for me. And I'm glad to be in this position to be able to make these kind of moves. Uh, have, listen, everybody's not going to jump on board right away. No. I know that. You know, you're going to have a resistance of people's promoters who are IKF promoters. Ah, oh, no, I'm not going to do it until they see it. When they yep. see those rounds, you know, and I know some promoters who old school promoters, and I can call their names, but I'm not, who are now still promoting and doing five rounds. And I know they used to do more rounds for a fact. You wait till they see what's going to happen right here. They're yep. going to see it, and I guarantee it. I'll guarantee if I call the name, which I'm not. They will go back to those more rounds. And I'm telling you, it's going to help everybody. It's going to be so much fun. I'm excited about it because I know, again, it's that feeling like I had about the PKB back in the days. But I know that it's the right thing to do for our sport. And I know it's going to take our sport to the next level. And on. And so if people will just join in. Stop fighting, guys. Stop fighting. Come on. Come on over. Right? You're going to see that this is the right thing for our sport. And it's going to take us to its deserving magnitude. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the PKB. And if you're listening to this and you don't know what the PKB is, it's the point kickboxing. And that's what Johnny created. Um, I tell people, you know, when people are like, what's the PKB? I'm like, well, okay. You know, you know, baseball, they have like a Corey League baseball, right? right. You don't just go straight to college ball or straight to the MLB, right. which essentially right. is what we were doing to fighters. We were just putting them straight into the big leagues, essentially, right. and fighting full contact. Exactly. So, but now what we've done is we created a point kickboxing um, tournament series, and we have tournaments all over the country pretty much every weekend throughout the whole year. Right. It's a chance for these fighters to gain experience without getting injured. Um, they get invaluable mm-hmm. ring time. They might do a point tournament and go, whoa, I was right. not ready like right. I thought it was for a full contact fight. And, and then us as promoters, we're getting – fighters that have a lot more experience because they can compete more without getting injured and, and get better. Cause you get so much better every time you compete, whether it's full contact or not, it doesn't matter. When you want to go out there and get experience, it shows right. us as promoters, we're getting a better quality, um, what's the word, um, entertainment out there, you know, sure. on the, in the ring by having these PKB. So we win from that. The fighters win from experience. And then the gyms win because people absolutely. Who, people who might not have thought, you know, cause sometimes it might take someone two, three, four years to be ready for a full contact fight. You know, right. everyone slow, you know, shows a different progress, but if they didn't have something to do, they might've quit. And now this gives something or people who just have a bucket list that want to compete. So the gyms are able to keep people longer. Promoters are happy. Fighters are happy. Everyone's happy. Um, and we still get people that hate on the PKB. Right. And if you look at California, California is booming for kickboxing and Muay Thai. Right. And you're going to tell me that the PKBs, which have been over there for 20 years, doesn't have um, a very large, you know, part of that? No, I don't think anybody would say that now. I mean, they, I mean, oh. they, might, they might try yeah. to say it, but the PMTs, then, yeah. uh, Point Muay Thai, Point Kickboxing, those oh, tournaments have definitely so have been the reason why that California is on fire right now. On fire. Uh, with uh, with events. And the Hodges have led the charge over there, and other people are jumping on board. They're trying to figure yeah. it out. Well, then the same thing. You look at South Carolina and North Carolina. Yes. You, know, you, you say it all the time. So if you don't know, Johnny was a promoter in California. Huge shows. Um, yeah. His mom got sick. He moved to, to North Carolina. He dropped everything, you know, because that's the type of person you are, type of man you are. And I, I respect you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And he moved back to North Carolina and restarted from scratch. Yes. And kickboxing was dead in North and South Carolina. There was okay. nothing out there. Right. And now there's the East Coast Classic, what's been going on for years now. The PKBs every single weekend out there. Yep. Um, and now there's you know other promoters like Don Rogers and uh, Walker Vivian now. And the sport is alive in the Carolinas. And now we're getting these fighters out there that are fighting for world titles and championships and wow. going, you know doing all these things. And you know it's just to show the programs you've built and. Um, just continue to you know give you praise and and um, the respect that you deserve for all that. So, well, you know, well, I appreciate it and everything. Again, it was just a vision. It's all about a vision for me. A lot of people don't know about me that I consider myself an intellectual. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people don't know that I I study, I read a lot, and I you know I've just done a lot of stuff like that. So for me, uh, it was just something that you know kind of came to me that seemed like a great idea. And I stuck with it. A lot of people have great ideas, but they don't stick with them and they don't work with them. Right. And that's why they say uh, that most great ideas are in the graveyard. Right. You know, uh, because, you know, people uh, did not follow through on them. Uh, And, uh, you know, you have to follow through 
You have to work hard. You have to believe in uh, whatever it is that you're working on, that it is the next best thing since sliced bread. And that is exactly what I believed. I believed in it strongly. And here we are today, what, right at 30 years later, you know, uh, you know, pushing this out, getting, uh, uh, having great events across the country, incubating fighters, I think, safely and all. And this is why I know, Chad, this is why I know that it is no mistake that you and I hooked up here. It's no mistake. You are part of that vision, right? The Hodges are part of that vision. All the people who are jumping on board are part of that vision because that is the way it's supposed to work. Out in California, people used to complain all the time. Why? Oh, are you doing all these being a wonder? Nobody's doing full contact anymore because everybody's doing PMTs and PKBs. Well, they didn't understand. It has always been the plan for those PKB promoters, right, to eventually, you know, graduate, if you will, into full contact and do both. Look, it's happening already. You can see it now and all. And so now it's going to go much faster than it has before because now we got a few of you guys out there who are going to be doing these full contact shows. And I'm telling you, uh, uh, Glory and and uh, you, you was it uh, FC? One was it? Um, one FC. One FC uh, and some of these other organizations out there, you know, they're, they're, they're going to keep doing what they're doing, ignoring us. And then all of a sudden you're going to see, boom, IKF kickboxing. Right. And what we're doing and the more rounds and the money that we're paying guys and people are going to start coming over. It's just the way it is. It's just the way the process is. I understand it. And when we get that going, the more TV, our streaming and all that other stuff, everything is going to explode. That's not me bragging because it ain't brag because it hasn't happened yet. It's me saying and being a visionary like I've always been to know exactly what's getting ready to happen to our sport. We're getting ready to explode in a very good way. And although we have people out there trying to always trying to cut us down and stuff like that, I believe in my vision. And I believe in the people that we're bringing on board. And I believe in their work ethic. And I know together we're going to accomplish something really great. Absolutely. And, and something with, with me, with the IKF stand-up fight series, I do not plan on this on being a local St. Louis um, mm. fight promotion. Right. Now, I'm thinking like I'm going to be the next glory. Like that's the mindset yes. I have going into this. Yes. And um, I just, you know, it just blows my mind of how far I've come in the last two years. You know. Yes. Uh, I mean, I was close to closing my gym down. You know, I was all fitness stuff before and before right. switching to a full fight gym. I didn't know what was next for me. Started with the PKBs and just kept growing and growing. And now my gym's doing amazing again. And this is growing and. And um, it's just crazy for me to think you know, five years from now, where is this going to be? Because I know the potential it has and uh, the backing that I have with the IKF and you yes. and, and just all across the country with the IKF. Um, it's. I'm but Chad, That's all I can say is I'm so but excited. Chad, it, it is really, to be honest with you, it is a testament to who you are. See, what people don't understand, let me, let me, let me, kind of, I got to go into Johnny Davis 101. <laughs> the kind of person you are, who you truly are, attracts similar people. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fact that you picked up the phone, you called me and we hit it off, right? It's because we're kind of the same type of people. Same passion, same commitment level, hard work ethic and all of that. I just happen to have a program that really worked for you that you really liked and it helped everything all essence of your life change right and that's what that is though is because you are a good person you understand people who are not like 
uh, uh, honest and sincere and people don't have a lot of things and skeletons in the closet, they can't deal with me very long. They can't. And they can't deal with me very long because I call them on it. <laughs> right? I will call them on it. You can't lie to me, cheat me and all that, but for so long before I call you on it. Right. And I can't do it to you either before you call me on it. Right. So we create this relationship. Right. That has this level of honesty and sincerity in it that helps us move each other forward. That is what it's all about. So it's no accident that you just called. And it's just kind of like the way things are. You know, when you are when you are a certain kind of person, your, your, your energy attracts that kind of person. You know, like your girlfriend, right? You know, if you're smoking and drinking and doing drugs, well, guess what? More than like, more than likely, the kind of girl that you meet is going to probably be doing similar things. Okay, for an example, right? If you are instead, you know, going to civic organizations, doing this, or working in the community, more than likely, you're going to probably meet somebody who's doing the same thing because that's where you put your energy, and then you guys click. That's what it is, man. It's that way uh, uh, with, you know, men, women, it doesn't matter, right, in different scenarios of it, but it's still that same type of energy that one puts out. I hope that I put out an energy of sincerity. I hope that I put out energy of honesty, passion, hardworking, and somebody who wants to take this sport to the next level. If that is indeed the energy that I'm putting out there, I'm hoping to attract those type of people so that we can move this thing forward. Absolutely. And you do, because that's what, you know, drew me to you and, and your program and so many across the country. I don't know. Do you, how, how many PKB promoters do you have? Do you know offhand? I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Because I've got, because I'm, I'm a representative here and I've yes. got Shane, Rick. So I got yes. three under me right now, four yeah. under me right now. And California, I mean, I mean, so there's probably anywhere around what 45, 50 promoters across the country that have all yeah. you know been mentored by you, and um, I think that's a testament of your character and and um, you know what you're building. So yeah, but 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 we're nowhere right now. No. I, I'm telling you right now where we are now, and yeah, we're the largest in the country. But I will tell you right now where we are now and where we're going. It's it's gonna seem like nowhere where we are now. Yeah. We're going somewhere. We're taking this thing to another level. Right. There will be a lot more tournaments going on. And then you have people who want to copy what we're doing. So the semi-contact is, is, is really catching on across the country. It might not be all I care, but I will be honest. You can't hold something that good to yourself. You just can't do it. It's like the invention of the computer. Right. You think you're <laughs> whoever can bend the computer that they're the, they're the only ones that has that patent to the computer. No. Somebody else said, wow, computers are great. Or iPhones are great. Let me go create a phone. Right. Well, I remember, you, just do. you know, there used Other to be people want there was a jiu-jitsu tournament called Naga, and that was like the main one. You know, right. now there's, you know, all these different jiu-jitsu right. tournaments everywhere. But we just have to keep our special. Yeah. We have to keep it unique. We have to keep people safe. We have to keep our standards strong, right? And so when people, <coughs> excuse me, when people have these allergies, <coughs> when people come to our events, they're going to know that's a PKB. That's a PMT. How it ran well. We had a great time. We, they kept, kept fighters safe. That is exactly what we're looking for in these tournaments. When other people try to do them and they fall short, we had somebody trying to do something not long ago, fell really short, and they got beat up really bad because people saw the difference. Yep, absolutely. Well, Johnny, I am going to stop taking all your time because I know you're a busy, busy man with yes, all your did. promoters under you and IKF. But um, thank you again. You know, I... I I call you pretty much every day to ask you questions. Yep. My first show. Um, so this is just a normal conversation for us. Um, right. 
but thank you again for you know giving it your time and, and uh you know letting people you know kind of see you know what makes you so special too you know, and part of the ikf Thank you, Chad. I certainly I just want to remind people if they want to get involved with what we're doing, they can go to our websites. We have them uh, across the country, ikffightsports.com. We have ikfmidwest.com, as well as akpromotions.org and um, pmtca.org. All of those websites are information about our organization. We'd love to have you. If you are willing to work hard and be honest and have some loyalty to our organization, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, so we certainly invite you guys to to join us, whether it's in the semi-contact or the full contact. We got a lot of good stuff going on. Chad Mueller, you've done a fantastic job. We're looking forward to continuing to work with you and growing that region out there. I'm telling you, great things to come. As in my words, Fort March, brother. Fort yes, March. sir. Thank you, Johnny. All right. Thank you. Welcome to the Stand Up Fight Series podcast. I am your host, Chad Mueller. I am also the promoter and owner of the Stand Up Fight Series. And with this first episode, I wanted to do something special. I wanted to have you know my first guest be the guy who's been mentoring me, who's taught me about fight promoting, helped me get started with the point tournaments that we've been hosting all across the Midwest, and is now helping me with the Stand Up Fight Series. His name is Johnny Davis. So Johnny Davis, he was a two-time world champion kickboxer, and he's also the VP of operations for the IKF, that's International Kickboxing Federation. He's hosts tournaments all across the country, and he's a big reason why kickboxing and Muay Thai right now is making a big comeback here in the United States. So without further ado, here is Johnny Davis and me talking about nine-round fights um, the world championship mentality and about how, you know, the growth of kickboxing and Muay Thai is, has been um, incubated by the point kickboxing tournaments that he created over 20 years ago.